Welcome everyone to episode 200 of Making Movies is Hard. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to uh, give two more shout outs that I forgot to mention on the show. I wanted to thank our editors, Brandon Bordeaux and Jonathan Cottrell, again for being part of the show and helping me make this thing happen. Uh, without them, uh, we would not be able to have the show anymore after Timothy left in November. So really, thanks guys. I really appreciate your your, your hard work editing episodes. And also, uh, when I was thanking all the co-hosts, I forgot to thank Jake Richard who is a new co-host who is just about to start with us. We recorded one episode, doing another today, and yeah, I left him out. So thanks, Jake, for doing um, you know your episodes as well. It's much appreciated. And yeah, last thing, really quick. So we've got a little uh, exciting thing coming up. So if you're thinking about writing a review or you're maybe going to write an iTunes review for the show... Hold off for a minute because we're doing a little competition of sorts with some other podcasts that you may or may not know. So hold off till May. May 1st, uh, you know, write your review on May 1st if you can, if you're thinking about doing one. And we'll give you more uh, details uh, as we get closer to May. But uh, that's going to be fun. And yeah, without further ado, here is episode 200 of Making Movies Is Hard. Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Russell. I mean, I'm Liz Manischel, but I'm not in the room. It doesn't matter. You're in the show. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm Isaac Angry. I am in the room. I'm L. Jeffrey Moore, and I am in the room. I am Andrew Schrader, and I'm in Los Angeles. I'm Colin Levy, and I'm also in Los Angeles. This week, you guys can tell we're doing something very different. It's our 200th episode of Making Movies is Hard. Oh my goodness. Woo-hoo! Yay! <laughs> Uh, it's kind of amazing that we've uh, gotten this far. And uh, before we start, I just wanted to give a, a shout out and a thank you to all you guys, my co-hosts, for helping me make this happen. Because uh, if you didn't join me, we would not get to episode 200. We would have stopped at 182 or whatever it was. Um, so thank you guys very much for being here. Colin, Liz, Andrew, Absolutely. Isaac. Jeff, uh, and then also shout out to Winnie Wong, whose episodes haven't aired yet, who isn't here, and then uh, Alex Kellerman. Oh yeah, and Liz Anderson too, uh, who's not here. Thank, thank you for being co-host as well. But yeah, so this week I wanted to bring us all together um, just to talk about some topics of you know about being a director and the struggle of being a director, and then just hear what you guys think. Um, but before we do that, I want to go around the room and get intros from everybody. So. Let's start with people in the room first, and let's just go to my left. Isaac, uh, give us your quick, like, 30-second bio. I'm a filmmaker, and I did a, a fictional feature about 10 or 12 years ago. And since then, I've done a couple uh, feature-length documentaries, and I'm on post-production on my third feature-length doc. Is that enough? Um, sure. You can say other things if you want. That's, that's good. Okay. All right. Jeff? Take away. Hey, my name is uh, Jeff Moore, originally from Greensboro, North Carolina. I am an actor filmmaker, one of those anomalies where I don't like to pick. Uh, the project picks me. <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's about it. I'm a dad, filmmaker, all around uh, a podcaster too. So yeah, there we go. Nice. All right, Liz, you get next. Crap. Sorry, I was just like. I am DBing everyone, and, <laughs> and then I had to unmute myself. Um, cool. I'm Liz Manischel. 
<laughs> I just uh, premiered my second feature, and I'm on the festival circuit with it right now. And I work at Sundance at the um, Creative Distribution Initiative. Colin, next. I am a filmmaker uh, based now now in L.A. from uh, the East Coast, from Maryland. Uh, I worked at Pixar for five years in the layout department, and I'm jealous of all you feature filmmakers because that has been my goal since I was, you know, 15. So that's what's uh, the next on my horizon. Nice. All right, Andrew, last one. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a filmmaker and writer living in L.A., um, done feature films and shorts and documentaries. Um, our latest feature film, The Age of Reason, is out now on Hulu, thankfully. And I, I also write books, so uh, third book will be out this year and also be releasing a, a short experimental documentary, which I'm pretty stoked about. Nice. Awesome. So we've got three feature filmmakers and three non-feature filmmakers. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Split down the middle. Yeah, some of us are still on the path, but we'll, we'll get there soon or eventually, I know. One day, one day. One day, exactly. One day soon. So I just thought a really good question to ask that I've been thinking about lately. It actually came up in a podcast episode that I recorded recently that hasn't aired yet. But we were talking about, you know, why, why do you want to be a director? Like, why do you direct? Like, why is it something that you want to focus on? And... I've been thinking about that question for myself, and so I just want to pose it to all of you and just see what you guys think. Like, why do you direct? Why do you do it in the first place? What drives you to keep going, either going towards making your first feature or after you've made a couple? Like, what drives you? And so whoever wants to start. How about you start? Oh, you want me to start? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I just started the last one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. All right. Yeah, it's hard for me to answer that because um, I've been working on the alternate for so long. It's been... About five years since I wrote the first draft and I am like in the middle of fundraising and, you know, aiming to shoot later this year. And so it's like I can't even really answer the question because it's like I have to direct because I have to make this movie like this movie needs to be made. And I, you know, can't really move on with my life until I do it. You know, like it's just been this thing that has been a part of my life for so long. And it's a story I really care about. And I think it's going to make a really amazing movie. So it's just something I have to do. And when that movie is done, it's like then I could like think again and be like, okay, well, what's next? Like, do I want to make another movie? Is there something else I should be doing with my life that's better? But for now, it's just like, you know, the alternate is the movie to make and the the thing to do. So I don't know. I mean, I also have lots of other ideas for other movies and I keep on making short films and going off. So I don't know. I just do it because I can't can't not do it, I guess. But I don't know. Maybe ask me that question once I shoot the alternate, then I can give a better answer. But yeah, Jeff, what do you think? Why do you do it, man? You know, I think the big thing is that I'm just particularly drawn to stories. And if I know I see it in a particular way and I know I can articulate it, then then I'm drawn to direct it. But it's just one of those... um, situations where you know we can get all lofty and heady with it and say oh well it's what I was born to do or what have you but I seriously think about movies and think about you know this industry every day wake up in the morning as I'm making breakfast as I'm walking my son to school we're talking about you know the latest is who can Captain Marvel beat so we're going through the whole list and he crosses universes like Batman Superman anyway so I say all that to say that I've infected my son with with this storytelling thing <laughs> and it just drives me to want to keep you know going forward with it 
you know? So that's why I direct. Nice. Okay. Who's next? Colin, Andrew, Liz? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, it was, uh, I came to the, I came to the world of filmmaking sort of through the craft side, you know, it was just incredibly exciting as a thing that I could do and improve on and get better at and just sort of see, um, you know, almost on a personal level as a challenge, like what, what can I make? And, um, just for me, I just love the, the creative aspect. It's just such a fulfilling process. I just love every aspect of the process is, is fun and takes years and years to master. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, however many decades you, you choose to kind of, uh, uh, dedicate to, to, to filmmaking you can always improve and um you know it's it's a it's a uniquely collaborative experience i feel like so many of my f- closest friendships have been through um through work through through working together on film projects so for me i've sort of also felt found my life kind of revolving around um filmmaking and I'm, I feel like I'm living a much better life because of that. <laughs> and, um, I, I really, uh, I love sharing my work with, with, with a large group of people, you know, not just, uh, uh, y- you know, um, hanging a painting on a gallery, uh, wall or, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome that we happen to live in, in the, in the time of the internet and, um, can throw stuff up on YouTube and, and, uh, feel like you're, in a dialogue with a, a large audience, that's it's just really exciting. I guess those are all just ra- random reasons why I, I feel like I do it. Oh, yeah, that's great, man. That's awesome. Um, okay, really quickly, we have a new um, guest on the show who has just walked in the door. And before we finish answering these questions, I want her to introduce herself. So, um, Samia, your mic is hot. Uh, say hello. Hi, I've just rolled in. Um, I'm supposed to introduce myself. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about like, well, okay. So this is Samia Salami. Uh, she's a local filmmaker. Now give us your like little 30 second bio and say hi to everybody out. And we have like three guests um, with us okay. in the internet too. So my name is Samia. Um, I am a filmmaker. I just wrote and directed um, an eight part web series called Uneasy that is currently streaming on the YouTubes. Um, you should check it out and watch it for free. Um, other things. I live in Oakland. I make things here, and it's pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, welcome, Samia. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Colin, so that question is, Samia, just so you, you're caught up to speed, we're asking everybody why you direct. Like, why do you do what you do? Why do you make the things that you make? Um, so I won't let you make you answer right now. We're, we've got two more people to answer. So Andrew or Liz, whoever wants to go next, jump in. Me. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, I wrote it down. So I'm just going to read. Um, one is because it's hard. It's really fucking hard to direct. And I think that's exciting. Um, two is because I'm a masochist. And um, when things are really hard, masochists are attracted to those things. Um, and then three is as a writer, I like to document all of my neuroses to kind of see if other people feel the same way and when you make films you get to connect with the masses uh in a different way than you can if you're just walking around the street telling people how you're you know afraid of spiders or much more neurotic things that i don't want to say on a (laughs) podcast um so those are my reasons nice awesome all right andrew your turn man sure it's a good question yeah i think making movies is really like the only thing that like satisfies me it's really hard to like 
actually, I don't know, be satisfied doing other things. It's just really tough for me. But when I'm like on set or shooting, I always feel um, like I've done a good day's work. So that's <clears throat> that's one reason. And then the other reason is I just really love every kind of movie and want to make stuff that I haven't seen before or try to and try to like surprise uh, myself in that way. It's like a great creative process. So that in writing, it's just that's like all I do or think about. <laughs> so nice. Awesome. Uh, Samia, are you ready? Can you sure. answer? Okay. Yeah. Um, I like waking up in the middle of the night with panic attacks and that's why I do this. Um, but when it's not doing that, I think it's kind of the only art form I can think of that encompasses everything I care about, you know, um, sound and pictures and even down to the, since you like, like the small details, like costume, I like fashion and I think it combines all of my interests and allows me to explore stories that are out here in this world that I feel like I don't see. And how allows me to create things where I see myself and people that look like me in. And I think that's why I really enjoy this. And also there's the there's the psychological aspect to it and the existential sense of like diving into an experience into a, a person's experience and like exploring a psyche. Nice. Awesome. Great answer. Coming in hot. I love it. <laughs> Isaac, what do you got, man? Um, I guess I like doing it. <laughs> you <good> guess. <laughs> you know, I like stories and I like making things. And I like started this, you know, when I was like 14 or 15, decided like, you know, start wrapping my identity up in like being a filmmaker. And so at mm-hmm. this point, it just feels like it's something that I, I do that I'm better at doing than other things. I don't mean better than like other people. I mean like, I'm I'm just for myself, like I'm better at it than I am like at fixing a car or something that I'm not good at, you know, <laughs> right. which is like also would be a fun uh, thing yeah. to do if yeah. I knew how. If you could fix a car. Right. Make a movie because you know how to do that. But you can't fix a car. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. There's a certain thrill, I think, from making something that and then when you're done with it and it's like a thing and like that didn't exist before. And now it does. And it could be like a, a painting or like we're sitting at Ulrich's table and it's like, uh, the Starfleet insignia, like his table is in the shape of the Starfleet insignia, and this is like a custom-made yeah. wood table thing. Yeah. So it's like, I'm sure there's the same thrill, like from the craftsman who made this. Like this is like this is not some little cheapo thing. This is like a really nice. Yeah, it was good. piece of woodworking. Yeah, it was designed specifically around um, the the Star Trek logo. Yeah, and so. I don't know. That's it. I ended up making films and I'm still doing it because I guess I like it and I like that. Right. I like making something and then feeling like, hey, I did that. But you like that it's like a personal thing that is special that can only be the one thing that it's not like it's not like it came out of Ikea or something. Right. Right. If it came out of Ikea, you didn't you didn't really add it to the world. Right. Right. I also feel at home when I'm on set. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I get to a set. Disagree. (laughs) disagree well i'm in actor mode like when i'm in actor mode i'm like oh yeah i'll just sit down oh makeup sure no problem apply the makeup you know liz how do you feel when you're on set you just feel like you're i hate it you hate it (laughs) i dread it wait you too no me like i I was agreeing with you liz i'm so glad please detail your hatred oh totally do you feel like your head is just going through like a list of like what could go wrong Oh, it's already gone wrong. <laughs> 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 <Past that. laughs> 
Wow. It's horrible. You spend all your time there freaking out, and then you get home and at night and try to fall asleep, and you just think of all the things you did wrong. But don't you guys? I, I agree, that's my yeah. life, though. That's every day. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you guys get the joy and the excitement out of like when you, you know, there's all the problems that happen when you're making something. Like there's, there's always things that are gonna go wrong. Like that's just part of it. But when you frame up a shot or you get a performance out of an actor, and it's like this is what you envision. Like, don't you get a, a joy out of that in the moment, or does that just not happen for you? Are you really aware of it? On set, like I don't feel that way until two years after the movie is done. <laughs> sometimes, I mean, I feel like sometimes you'll see a moment where it's like that's the moment, you know, and that's the thing. But it's like maybe one moment out of a whole day, you know, of shooting. But it's like one little piece where it's like that was what I wanted it to be, you know. And then maybe the rest is like, okay, maybe it's coming together, maybe it's not. But like, there's like you, you see little glimpses that it's like, okay, you know, that was the thing. But does anyone else have that, or am I just the one insane person? No, I think I, I have that. Like, I, I feel like I get really animated when I'm working with an actor and they get the thing, and I, they, after a bunch of trying to get them to get there, and they finally get there. There's always this sense of like, oh man, we did it. Yeah, but it's always momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, okay, so I know that the. I'm I am ridiculously excited when I when I get on set, you know, and I know that if, you know, if I've jotted down all of my notes and took all of my, you know, ideas and at least write them down. And, you know, like one of the things that sets me at ease is if I go through my checklist and I'm like, okay, I've got this. I got this. I got this. Okay, now let's really play. And let's start, you know, like improvising, you know, jazz, like, you know, now let's start riffing here and there and see and see what happens. You know, it helps if you have a really good AD that will like put you back on track, you know. But uh, but yeah, I you know, of course, it's it's nerve wracking. Of course, you know, you're pretty much thinking, why, dear God, did I am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You know, who who doesn't go through that? You know, but. I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I, I dig it. I, I, can't, I can't help it. I, I just I just know I don't want to be flipping burgers or sitting in a cubicle. As long as that's not happening, I'm good. <laughs> so really quickly then. So out of the people here, we've got, what is this, eight people, six people, seven people, whatever it is. How many people's favorite part is being on set and how many favorite people's favorite part is something else? And just if it's not being on set, say what it is. So Isaac, go. What's your favorite part, man? I don't know. Hold on. Let me think about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> right, we'll come back to you. Simeon. The collaboration. Okay. That part is really exciting for me. But like in pre-production or on set or both or? Both. I feel like collaborating with the person who does the sound and scores it and picks okay. the music. Collaborating with the designer or the costume designer. Okay. Those are all of my very, really niche. Even the like interior and the set design, I'm interested in. Nice. So you like working with other artists basically to achieve a vision yes there you go okay uh well that's not really it's more of a big picture answer that's not more of <laughs> i was like pre-production post-production you're like i like parts of all the production but i do okay fair enough fair enough all right jeff what do you got you you just already said it you like being on set i like right? being on that's set. your favorite thing i okay. mean you know there i i think there's there's definitely a joy in that uh i also like you know once you've captured everything and then you know the editing process shaping it you know that's for me that's kind of nerve-wracking because then you're kind of like oh shit i didn't get that shot or why didn't i do this 
take this way and oh, I didn't get that close up or I could have had a cutaway. And then, you, and then that's when you start reinventing the story. You know, that's when the story is like, no, the story isn't about this. It's about this. And yeah, so you have to let go and uh, let the story create itself, you know, and it will. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so Liz, you were very clear that being on set is not your favorite part. So what is your favorite part? Do you have a favorite part? Post-production, baby. I fucking love it. Um, For the opposite reason of – was that Jeff who was just talking, I think? Um, I don't think it's about letting go post-production. Post-production for me is all about control, which is why it's really greatly – catered to my personality type. Um, I love that I have the most amount of control during post-production. And then the other aspect is bragging about finishing the film. I love doing that. (laughs) Yeah, being done. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, Andrew, what about you, man? I'd say in general, uh, being on set is my favorite. Uh, You know, I love writing too. But um, actually, specifically, my most favorite moment is like right like the night before production starts and like you're just like I. This could go horribly wrong, or it could go great. It's out of my hands, and like we're rolling tomorrow. That's like my favorite. Like when everything's up in the air and you have no clue how it's gonna go. That's my favorite. Nice. You are so weird. <laughs> I know. All right, Colin. So what? So what's your favorite part, man? Yeah, I would say post two. It's just definitely. It's just my like comfort zone. You know, it's what what I, I, I you know coming from an animation background and visual effects as well. Uh, it's just. So much fun once it's so so much more concrete, then you can just go into problem solving mode and make it as as good as it possibly can be. And uh, I'm learning to to love pre you know uh, development and just like the uh, the blue sky. Like that's the only point in the whole process where uh, the film is perfect. <laughs> you know, in your in your head. Um, and then from there on, it's kind of compromise. Um, but particularly in production, it's just pure compromise you know right and left just trying to get through it um and and uh post is when i can kind of turn the corner and start making it better again nice isaac yeah i think at the risk of repeating my first answer uh the 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 only part that strikes me that i could describe as like a favorite is like the thrill of completion and feeling like now there's this thing that exists and it didn't exist before Right, right and the rest of it I must like, but um, yeah, none of it strikes me as a as anything I would describe as my favorite. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I guess I like being on set a lot. But my to be specific again on my part of being on set, like my favorite part is when you're in the second half of the day. Like the main things that were going to go wrong already went wrong. And you know what you can do for the last like three hours of the day or whatever it is. And then you just know that you have this time to work on this scene or these two scenes or whatever. And it's like a little bit of a freedom sort of feeling where it's like all the other like worrying and disasters have happened if they're going to happen. And then it's like, okay, I have this time and I can do this and I know that I can get it done within this moment. It's like that time of like, okay, I can be creative now. What if the disaster happens at the end? Well, I mean, sometimes, but usually you'd know by that time, right? I mean, maybe a good disaster could happen in the last hour, but, most of the time, it's like the disasters kind of happen in the morning or you 
you know, or whatever, or lunchtime, I guess. Right. But, you're further behind. I mean, that makes sense to me. I like that answer. It's like you've already cut the scenes you have to cut, right? right? Like you've already cut three scenes because you couldn't get to them. And you're like, I have time to do this one right. scene and I'm going to put my best into it. So, yeah. So anyways, uh, does anyone else want to answer the, ask the next question besides me? Or should I just ask all the questions? What do you guys want to do? Uh, I think you're good. <laughs> I'm a question yeah. answer asker. Okay. Let's call on. Do you want to try? No, no. I was going to say it's going to be even more chaos if, <laughs> if you're not the moderator. Fine. I'll ask the questions. Um, I mean, you are talking to like seven different directors. Okay. Like someone. <laughs> sure. Fine. So the next thing I want to talk about was pu- pushing through the lows. Because, you know, we all know making something, there's a, like a lot of high moments, a lot of low moments. But sometimes when you're in the low moment, even if it's way before you shoot the movie, if you're like in pre-production or even before pre-production and you're raising money and like it's just really tough, like and you have a down week or day or whatever, like or it could be on set or it could be whatever or in post-production. But like, what do you guys do to push through like the, the, the toughest moments of a production? Like, do you have a like methods? Do you meditate? You know, I am. Um, I, this may sound a little silly and it 50 percent is. Um, but every day on the way to set, we listened to Van Halen and I am not, a I was not a fan of Van Halen until the latest shoot. And there's something about rocking out to jump that makes, that really puts things in perspective. <laughs> and I would actually recommend that. I, again, I know we're supposed to talk about much more important, substantial things, but I would say, um, when you're down, listen to Van Halen. Nice. I like Van Halen myself, so I can totally understand that. <laughs> Colin, what what do you think, man? What do you do? For me, the the biggest thing is like if I lo- if I'm losing faith in the project itself, I can't recover. Like it's as long as I still believe that what I'm making is is going to be good, um, which does take a whole lot of faith in moments. Then uh, that's going to take me through whatever kind of trials you know um, the project is facing. I'm I'm working on this short that I've talked about in the podcast a couple times at least. Uh, so, but you know, it's it's been many many years in the making. It's like working on six seven years, uh, which is ridiculous, and I can't believe I'm still excited about it. <laughs> right. So, it's just because I haven't quite yet lost faith in the fact that I. I mean, I kind of think. You know, I like it still, basically, and that's what's kind of gotten me through, you know, year after year, uh, uh, you know, feeling depressed about the fact that how am I wasting my life on this? Yeah, I mean, that's that's good advice. Loving your project. You know, I can definitely relate to that. All right. Andrew, what do you got? Yeah, um, having been through some like really low lows like years ago with filmmaking, um, just feeling super empty because it's taken so long and it consumed my entire life for so long. Like, I think it's really important now for me. Like, I'm really glad that I have many different interests because I don't put all my eggs in one basket anymore. So I don't like I still feel the lows of things, but it's like, okay, well, I could just go like, let me just go climb for a couple hours or like, let me do some cooking because I like to cook a lot or well, I'm going to write in this book because I control it and doesn't depend on anybody else. So I think, you know, it's important to just like let yourself feel the lows, but like have a lot of different things that you enjoy doing and a lot of different people you enjoy doing them with. And then, you know, when you come back to it, it won't be so, so bad. I mean, it's, it's harder when you're on set and like the movies your entire life, but even then like finding ways to have your own time and space and your own interests is important. Nice. Isaac. 
you you went last last time, so you can't go last this time. That's fine. I don't. Yep. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Everyone's kind of have their own ways, I guess, of holding themselves accountable. And so, just like anything, you got to if it's something you want to do, you have to hold yourself accountable. And like, I guess I keep going back to the same answer, but the most important part is finishing, right? Because oh. if you don't finish, you haven't done anything, right? And so, uh, You're so far from finishing, it's not even like you haven't even shot the thing yet. Like, how can how can you push yourself through with the idea of finishing it? Well, because that's everything. That's I mean, if you can't do that, then you can't do anything, right? So it's just like reminding yourself that you need to finish it. Well, I mean, that's what it is to like actually making something is like the difference between being an amateur. Oh, there's many differences between. Well, <laughs> we, we could go. That's like a different thing, topic. Yeah, you have this conversation. Yeah. It's like an amateur versus a professional, but it feels very amateur. And like, right, there's many ways. Like, I'm going to fall on both sides of that line in my right. work. But starting things and not finishing them feels very amateur right. to me. And right. so that's no, something but- I'm going to use like. Well, what I'm going to motivate myself with like the shame <laughs> that I would feel. But even in the writing phase, like when you haven't even written anything or is that too early where you can even use that? Like, because, you know. Well, I bailed on things that I've started writing. Right. So that I didn't, I wasn't able to hold myself accountable to the, uh, right. to get it done. Right. There's a great episode of Nathan for you about accountability. Is anyone else a massive fan of Nathan for you? Yes, I am. I like Do it. I don't think I've seen about? this episode. Yeah, that's a good episode. What uh, happened? Check out the hot dog suit episode. <laughs> hot dog suit. Okay, hot dog suit, Nathan, for you. Okay. I haven't <laughs> seen the show either. I, I, that guy's hilarious, though. Yeah, it's just all about, like, extensive ways he goes about to holding himself accountable to get anything done. Like, he has to write a script, and he takes a picture of himself. Someone correct me if this is wrong. He takes a picture of himself, like, naked in a hot dog suit, and it will be sent to his grandmother if he doesn't finish this script. It's fantastic. It's a really good <laughs> Episode. I've actually only heard about this episode from multiple people, and it sounds pretty horrifying. <laughs> wow. Nice. Samia, what, what do you do when you are facing the toughest moments and got to push through? Oh, I cry. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, seriously, it's a good release. I, I, I'm a crier. But I also, like, someone talked about pursuing all your other interests and just, like, having them ground you. That's great. Like, I garden. I will escape to the plant store in a hot minute. I will touch the plants and plant things (laughs) nice but i think the other thing about it is that i feel like the stories i really want to work on haunt me they come to me in like moments where i don't really want to think about it and if it keeps doing that if i keep thinking about it like at times where i least expect it or if i feel moments of inspiration at times where i least expect it then there's something there and that gives me hope you know it makes me know that like there's something worth exploring here and maybe through all the low, I should just focus on that sometimes and enjoy the process of discovery. Nice. Awesome. Great advice. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, got to yeah. follow that one, man. I know, right? That was... <laughs> no, I can totally relate to that as far as like stories, you know, haunting you, like your story haunting you. You can't get away from it. So I am a practitioner in, in yoga. I, I do it a lot. It always boils down to intent. So whenever I start a practice, I'll, I always try and find an intent. Why am I doing it today? Right. So every hey, now when you start a practice or a project, a uh, practice oh, like, like my yoga, yoga practice. practice? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I, know. I don't it's really do lofty. yoga. So it's really you know. lofty, Ulrich, and I'm <laughs> okay. very, you know, you know, it's but you know what, though, it, it I think that's valid. Like, why do you do it? Because particularly when you're in 
a when you're doing a pose or whatever that you're either getting angry in or you don't think you can do it or you're doing a balancing pose and you're just falling all over the place, that's your center. Okay, why am I doing it today? So when I relate that to the highs and lows of filmmaking, being in a position where I'm always, you know, falling over myself is the same as not getting I don't know that XLR cable that I left in the in at home and I'm not mm. a real professional because I didn't remember to bring it. You know what I mean? You know, it happens or you know you just, you know, things just didn't go right on set, right? And it does boil down to you because the buck stops with you. So, you take a moment, you breathe and you try and figure out the solution. So, you know, for me, that's that's how I deal with the highs and lows. And also, I think, Liz, you also I, I think that was you that made the statement in regards to, well, you have to own it, you know, like own that low, like, you know, accept that, you know, that's what's happening oh, in the moment. Oh, that was not me. Oh, that I wasn't you? anything substantial. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so, she, she just somebody. said listen to Van Halen. Oh, right. Van Halen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Just accepting the moment for what it is and then finding a way to get out of it nice. is uh, what I do. Does anyone remember who said anything about accepting it? Maybe it was Colin or Andrew. I think I might have. There you go. I don't remember. Yeah, owning it, accept it. But, you know, understand that that moment, you know, is there. Yeah. Stop rolling your eyes, man. Uh, <laughs> You're, I'm going to get you to a yoga practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, do, I do Muay Thai. I do like the exact opposite. I do kickboxing. You That's know? cool. I want to get into that. I, I want to talk about it's that. Cool. Yeah. It's cool. Like, it's like my yoga, you know, yeah. like punching something and kicking something for an hour. That's like what I do to release. And, you know, that, that, that's one of the things that I do to get through a low moment is just to go work out and get like some physical activity going. Um, but I don't think that's a really helpful piece of advice. Um, why not? I don't know. Why not? Cause oh yeah, go work out. That'll solve all your, your problems if you're filming. It's like, yeah, you know, it will. I, I, maybe, I mean, but I think <laughs> it'll clear your mind. Listen, are we going to have to get into the matrix here? I'm sorry. Right. Go ahead. Totally. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it doesn't solve all of your problems. But I'm sure there are studies about this, about how engaging your mind in a totally different way yeah. can help you find new solutions. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. The other thing I was going to say is like, you know, for, for, for when I'm like in a really low moment where I either I feel like I have a problem that I can't solve or, um, you know, I'm just, I've hit a block or it's just, I can't, like, I just don't know how I'm going to be able to keep going with a certain project or a certain task. Uh, sometimes I'll just lay on my bed for like 20 minutes, even if I have a million things to do and just like zone out for a second. And then oftentimes it's in that zoning out that the solution will come to me, whether it's story or trying to raise some money or whatever it is. It's just like, then even, even if it's not a real solution, even if it's like, Oh, well, well, you'll just figure it out one way or another. It just, it'll help to push me through, which maybe that's not helpful either, but, um, I don't know. That's, has it has it helped you before? It has like that. Well, well that's then it how, works for you. That's how I came up with the alternate because I was I was writing the script um, for a different version of the story, um, and I was hitting a roadblock, and I had made a deal with a friend of mine to finish the script by a certain date, or I'd have to run a marathon with him on that Ooh, day. Nice, or give him five hundred dollars, which I didn't have. At, you so know, you were going to run a marathon. Yeah, and so <laughs> it was like five days away or something, and I was trying to figure out the solution to this problem and the script, and I couldn't. And I was like, I have to come up with a new idea and start from scratch. And so I laid on my bed for like thirty minutes, and then the ending to what is the alternate came to me, 
and then I wrote the movie. So I don't know. It worked out that time, and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But I think whether whatever it is, it just like it sort of helps reset. Yeah, but see, that was your that was your path, and each person's <laughs> path. No, right. each person's path to this whole filmmaking game is is different, and that's yeah. I think that's one of the things that you know I like to say. You know, th- these are just examples of what we're all doing you know with all of these questions how we're approaching it like you know for the listener like your path is going to be different there it may be the same it may have a few changes here and there but you know you know take what we say with a grain of salt you know what works for me might not work for you so yeah yeah totally i mean sorry just i know we- yeah. I know we're playing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think something that's also important for me is that realizing sometimes, I think just in relation to being a filmmaker as a whole, I think sometimes realizing that it's not all that I am. It's like, yeah. if this does not, like sometimes being able to be like, I could give this up. I could do something else. I could, I could, I have many other skills and talents that I could discover. And it's like, okay, if I'm gravitating towards this one after I've walked away from it momentarily, it means there's something here for me. Nice. You know, it's not all that I am. I'm capable of much more. My identity isn't tied to this very one thing. I'm just picking mm. it because it's the one that, like, fulfills me the most. And sometimes I feel like you have to walk away from it to remember that. Yeah. Colin, what do you think? Well, I was just going to say that sounds super healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like you have that, Colin, where you, you don't feel like you're tied into your identity as a filmmaker directly? I think the whole uh, topic of identity or, or whatever, it's really it's f- interesting. And uh, for me, it's definitely been um, a part of who I am, you know, who I see myself as and what sets me apart, you know, since I was in middle school, basically. And so because it's so fused, you know, to, to my core of that identity, I, I totally feel um, almost it's like a little bit of a straitjacket. I can see how freeing it would be to, to, <laughs> to not be, uh, you know, kind of terrified by this, you know, kind of psychological framing device that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of all in my head. You know, because right. it's so true what you said to me. It's just like, of course, you know, this. we all have lots of talents and lots of interests and the world is a big place and uh, hopefully we're all living long lives. And so, you know, it, it kind of reduces some pressure if you can uh, rethink things a little bit. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So what Isaac said in his answer kind of triggered a new question for me and something that we've talked about a little bit on the show, but not at great length. But I'm so prepared to answer this next question. You are so prepared. (laughs) We'll get to that one too, I think. I think we have time. But Isaac said something about uh, what makes you an amateur and what makes you a professional and what's the difference. And I was just sort of curious, like, what, what does everyone think about that? Like, what do you think is the difference between an amateur and a professional? What do you have to say? This is pro- this is a huge topic, probably, but very simply, right? An amateur, a professional is making a living doing whatever you're talking about, right? And an amateur is just doing it for the love that's of one doing opi- that's it. That's one opinion, you know. I'm I'm just curious, but to I mean know. that's the most basic, real right. dictionary like either, definition. Like and then we can, getting, with, and then yeah. when we're in these kind of middle zones where I can be like, well, I have been paid to direct, but it's not where I'm how right. I'm paying my rent on most months yeah, or exactly. things like that, you know. But does that I mean, in order to be a professional filmmaker, do you feel like you have to? only make your money as a as making films because as we've talked about on the show before it's like not many people are making money as filmmakers right you know? i'm just saying 
there is one real strict definition, and then we can kind of just get into whatever well, other yeah. little. Many I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm curious of what things. people think about that. Like, do right. people think that that's the one strict definition? Like, if you're not making money, if you're not making, if you're not paying all your bills by being a filmmaker, are you not a true professional filmmaker? Now, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Uh, I mean, so from an actress, <laughs> I mean, from an actress point of view, doing the obligatory waiting tables, going to an audition or you're driving Lyft or Uber and you're going to an audition or you're doing every other odd job and you may have booked something for that day. So, yes, there is a definition for what a professional is. And then there's the ones who are, you know, breaking in. So right. you, you could you could be a professional breaking inner. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. Totally. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's all relative. And you know, yeah, I mean, th- there's a definition, but I I I see I don't really yeah. think it has to do with making money necessarily. I think it more has to do with conduct. Like if you conduct yourself as a professional, then you're more of a professional. If you whether you're getting paid or not, you know? And if you're paying people and you're not getting paid, I don't know. But, but Liz, what do you think? I think it's all about um, legitimacy. I, I, it's the word professional strikes me as off just for this conversation. But legitimate, I like because, like you're saying, Ulrich, it's about conduct. Like I was thinking a professional or a legitimate storyteller follows up and pushes forward, even if it comes to like asking for what they need and then following up on the requests, that to me is, is someone I want to bestow like kudos upon as a filmmaker because they believe in themselves and there's a legitimacy to their faith in themselves rather than someone who just says I'm a filmmaker but doesn't get anything done. I don't know. That might be a little waxy. But. So, so you like that idea of not really calling it a professional because like who who are the professional filmmakers in the world? It's like the Quentin Tarantino's, the Martin Scorsese's, right? But like... Also, well, there are a lot more than that. Sorry. Well, I mean, I'm just saying those are broad examples. But also, it's an art form, you know? It's like I'm a professional artist. What does that mean, you know? Yeah, it's that's a like, good point. At the end of the day, it's like, are you committed to your stories? Kind of like Liz said, and are you committed to following through? I mean, it doesn't matter for me. It doesn't necessarily matter whether, you know, you often hear about poets, for example, who fucking Kafka didn't publish anything for a really long, like a lot of his stories became popular after he died. Right. You know, that's often been the trajectory of many, many artists over the course of like time. And it doesn't delegitimize this their process. They're still working on your shit, you know? Yeah. Well, yes, I completely agree with that. That is not like the the metric that we should all be measuring ourselves by just right. those two words. But I think like the idea of like legitimate filmmaker versus professional, like maybe legitimate's a better word because. But 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 then what? But who's deciding if you're legitimate or not? Like, right? You know, are we, just are in we your depending conduct? on? Yeah, are we depending on know. someone else to define who, who and, we and, are? And does or? it in the end like yeah. amateur versus legitimate filmmaker or whatever? Does that really matter in the end? Like you're just we're all making movies here. I don't know. Yeah, it also seems related to the uh, question of are you a, an aspiring filmmaker? And just that yes. term as something that, you know, I've had a complicated relationship with because in some ways I still see myself as an aspiring filmmaker. I've been doing it for 15 years, but, you know, I'm not where I want to be yet. But I've been told, you know, even at the age of 18, you know, you got to drop that, you know, 
you're, you're a filmmaker, you're a director, you know? Um, and so this kind of goes back to the identity question, you know, what, right. you know, are you professional? Are you amateur? Are you aspiring? Are you legitimate? I feel like a lot of it is about um, trying to behave kind of as Liz was saying, like in, in the way that you, you, you want to be, you know, you kind of uh, put on the hat and, and, and uh, play the part as best you can. And Ulrich and I chatted about this and I guess the episode that hasn't aired yet. And I'm sure all of us have talked about this ad nauseum, but like until you set dates for your film, the film isn't real. Until you tell people you're making this movie with like such confidence that you're like shaking the ground beneath you, it doesn't happen. Um, so I completely agree, Colin, with the, by the way, that's the name of my son. It's really weird to say I completely agree, Colin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like the idea of aspiring. Good good choice. Thank you. Um, aspiring versus, um, you know, a a storyteller who calls themselves a storyteller. Um, that's a huge difference. But but do you think we should be putting this aspiring filmmaker label on ourselves? How about landmarks, right? I'm I'm sorry. What do you mean? Okay. Landmarks. landmarks okay so explain you, yourself yes yes sir uh, <laughs> okay so you say you're a filmmaker and then you you keep saying it and then you've written something right well you can't or, call yourself a filmmaker if you haven't actually made a movie of well, some wait, 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 kind hear me right? out hear me out hear me out okay. i mean you have to at least have something to show for you yourself. do you do you but can't just be like i'm a filmmaker to i'm gonna it. write a movie <laughs> like, well you yeah you you do you, but do you I mean, feel like I, you can I, give yeah, yourself that landmarks. label see that's the whole okay. point landmarks right see, okay so i'm a filmmaker okay i've written the script oh awesome i've done that okay but you're not a filmmaker if you haven't actually gone for it you know, then you drum up a crew. I'm a filmmaker. You, you've, you've gotten someone else to actually believe in what you've written in. And then they've assembled a bunch of people who's going to follow those words. Right. Right. And okay. then when you actually set the date. Yeah. To have this ensemble of people get together. Right. It's almost it's a mixture of fake it until you make it. And then all of a sudden sh- the first day of production happens and when you when you call action you know that's it like you got to keep yeah well, punching I, I, through I, I, all I would of those argue walls that it doesn't really matter until it's like isaac is saying like even if you go out and direct a movie and you shoot it on set it's like not doesn't really exist until you finish it because you could just shelve it and lock it away in a closet after you finish shooting it that's true then, too but then then ha- what do you actually have to show for yourself you know Okay, so it, so could you call yourself a filmmaker if you make something and then no one sees it? I, I Would don't, Quentin I don't Tarantino, th- I don't think whose first film was, you know, he calls it garbage, right? right? But he made it. Birthday he made party, one. Right. Yeah, birthday party. I think that's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, like, so I don't know. Like when I was first, made my, my first short film, like I was like hesitant to call myself a filmmaker until I had made multiple short films. And even then, it's like they're just short films. They're not even feature films. So right. how can I really even, you know, take that that label? But then I just sort of got over it and was like, okay, well, I'm I'm making I'm actively making movies. I I feel like I should just call myself a filmmaker. Right. So you know? I'll counter that with the argument like years ago when I was in my early twenties in regards to filmmaker and videographer. When I was I shot my first quote-unquote short film on super vhs right where the other college guy was actually shooting on super 16 right right because he actually spent the money to buy the film get a process edit it so he thought he should have that title because he put in that extra money well look where we are now well now it's i mean i feel like we've had this conversation in the past too about like you know you're not a filmmaker unless you're actually shooting on film 
but you know i feel like that's but a, it's mute, a medium that, that's but, a mute point yeah. now it's i mean it's a, it's a great medium i'm not right yeah there's you know it's i think it's a great medium okay i think what's <laughs> interesting for me in this whole conversation as well is just like i guess perspective and like i think it's all shaped by our individual backgrounds as well yeah I think sure. for me, and this might sound like super pretentious, someone asked me, what are you at the heart? <laughs> like, what are you at the heart of everything? I'm an artist. What's your medium? Film and writing. Right. I answer totally. that in like the most simplistic terms. It's just, that's the truth. So wait, so Liz, you were going to say something earlier. Oh, I was just going to say something very hippy dippy, which is even if someone hasn't made a film and they call themselves a filmmaker, I'm supportive of that because I think it's so hard to be a filmmaker that I don't want to make it even harder for anyone as they label themselves. And I just want them to have something. So if you don't have a film, but you feel really good calling yourself a filmmaker, like oh, that sounds great. Like I kudos to you. Okay. Did uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm on board with that, but Andrew, did, did anybody read the uh, IndieWire article about, the 30 directors from South by Southwest who had feature films there where they asked them what they do for a living. The majority of them were like, I'm a waiter. I'm a, you know, I have a production company doing corporate videos and this is just what I'm trying to do. And, you know, and these are people who play at South by, which I have not played at South by. So they would, you know, in many circles have more legitimacy than someone like me. Uh, But even, you know, everyone struggles. I think like the one thing I've learned being in LA and knowing random people is like everybody's still trying to make it even the people who are famous and rich like I know people who have won Emmys and they haven't directed their first movie and they're like very upset about it and so I think everybody struggles and that's that's kind of like the fun of of it for me is everyone's kind of in the same boat to some extent yeah Isaac thoughts yeah I'm making this documentary now about this uh singer songwriter Bob Frank And I feel like some of these questions, there's like a clarity to it kind of in his life. So he was, you know, had a songwriting publishing contract with a song publishing company in Nashville in the 60s and was on a, you know, fairly decent sized record label in the 70s and then fell out of the business and worked for the Park Department in Oakland for 30 years. And so when he talks about these things, he'll say like, well, back when I was doing it professionally. And so there's just that very clear, it doesn't really matter. Right. Because... He always kept doing it. He was it, he was writing songs still for the next thirty years. They just right. weren't being pressed on vinyl. And so the, the right, what's legitimate and what's not, and what's rewarding for him and what's good for them, like these yeah. are all these broader questions that are more important than whether yeah. it's whether he now becomes an amateur because he right. lost his record deal and isn't trying to make a living in that field. Right, because he made one album as as a professional, quote unquote. But then he made what, like 20 after that? Or like 10, 15? Um, no. Yeah, right? I don't know. How, well, no. I, he made, I would say, zero after that. And then what you zero. call him post-retirement when he started making records again? Right. Then that becomes another question. But, but that's what I'm saying. Is like when he retired, this guy made what? Like how many? Isaac, like 10 albums? Yeah, nothing like that, right? Yeah, he's put out probably at least a half a dozen albums in the last 15 years since yeah. he retired from the park department. Exactly. So then it's like, in, in one way, it's like, is he more legitimate after that since he's making, turning out more more of a body of work versus when he just made one album? But the more interesting question to me is whether his legitimacy in 1982, when it's been 10 years since his album came out, and he hasn't been doing it professionally since right. 1974, uh, but his output 
uh, in, in terms of writing and recording cassette tapes at home is, is as high as it right, ever was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, I think we're going back again to are we defining who we are or are we looking towards a- an entity that's going to define it, you know, for us? Because, I mean, listen, I, if I actually listen to what everybody said as far as how I need to make something or to be able to call myself something, I, no, nothing will get done. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. seriously, I mean, you know, Robert Rodriguez, you know, Rebel Without a Crew, you're a filmmaker, get business cards, put that on there. That's it. Done. You know, right. right? So, <sighs> OK, it's <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. in a way, it's like, what are we really talking about? Are we talking about capitalism or are we talking about like? the institutions that give us merits because I think at the heart of the heart it's like and I think what we're also talking about is like the history of filmmaking you know like are we talking about the studio and the enterprise in relation to capitalism or are we talking about the artistic See, that's merit? what I'm talking about Simi. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah you know yeah. it's like these are all the things it's like filmmaking is one of those like interesting artistic mediums because it's the one that has a lot of money behind it and yeah. that is the only reason we're turning over the stone of legitimacy over and over and over again. Would right. you say this to a poet, you know? Right. Mm. Is it just legitimate enough just to make your art and just have it be made and get it out in, in front of people? Yeah. Right. There's a lot more opportunity to do, to do commerce with a film, I think. Yeah. Than with... You're right. We wouldn't like, say this a to a poet because we yeah. would expect that you're not going to make any money. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? But you could make money with a movie. Right. And that's what, like, I would like the Bob Frank movie to be done by now. And part of the reason it's not is because I can't work on it full time. Right. Because you have to, you know, pay the bills. Right. Yeah. Colin, Liz, Andrew, I saw you guys all flash up there for a second. you have any final thoughts on this or can we move to the next question? I just wanted to agree. And I, that, that's my way of agreeing is unmuting myself. Nice. So next question. I don't know how good of a question this is, but I, I want to ask it anyways. So through all your processes, like what is the hardest part for you? And we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but just to get more into the actual answer, like is it coming up with the idea? Is it going on set and shooting it? Is it deciding when the movie's done or the, or the short done or whatever? Like what is the biggest challenge? Should we should give it to the internet people first because sure. I feel like we're maybe dominating the conversation okay. in the room. All right, internet people. So Liz, Andrew, Colin, what do you guys got? Uh, I guess I'll go first this time. I think finding the right idea, which is something that we've talked a lot about, Ulrich, is probably the most important decision. So it makes it really, really tough for me. like defining exactly what it is I want to say and what I want to do and what, you know, is the, does this idea have legs and vetting it is really tough, but like the most exhausting part of it for me uh, is usually post. So I I don't like post-production at all, (laughs) to be honest. Oh, interesting. Andrew, I'll do your post-production. You just do (laughs) my production. Deal. (laughs) (laughs) I think the hardest part is finding money. I know that Uh, this will spin off into a completely different conversation, which we could talk about for like three hours. But my first film was crowdfunded. My second film was funded essentially through revenue from my first film. I'm looking down the barrel of my third and my fourth films, and I have no idea how I'm going to raise funds because there's not even anything, you know, no seed money. And, you know, what am I going to do? Please fund my autobiographical mumblecore dialogue-based relationship movie um, where I manage a department at Sundance that will tell you it will not make any money. That's the pitch I give to an investor. Like, it's not going to work. 
<laughs> I want to read that. Yeah, I do too. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right. That will get into a whole different conversation. So, but you should still make it because it's your story. It will be made. Maybe after this baby can can pay my bills. <laughs> uh, right. I actually have a question for those who have kids, but we can get to that. Okay. So, Colin, what what do you got, man? I haven't really gotten to the point. You know, I'm 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 terrified of the uh, uh, the financing side of things. So, I guess I. We'll see soon. Um, but, uh, you know, right now, I just, I feel like I'm, you know, I've focused primarily on execution stuff, like throughout my, uh, I'll call it a career. And the writing side, the, the, the real point of it all is to tell a story worth telling and to, to move an audience and to put something into the world that is nourishing or is somehow more than just popcorn entertainment, which is kind of what I tend to gravitate towards. And so, I don't know, I, I think I'm just in a writing phase right now, and I've found it to be the hardest thing I've ever tried to do creatively. But it's definitely, um, uh, once you have a team of people around you to help make this thing a reality, I feel like, okay, to some degree, I mean, we're all in, a, in this together, and we're going to figure it out and get to the finish line. But when you're kind of alone in front of the typewriter, theoretically, uh, word processor. Yeah, it's it's terrifying, it's difficult, and, and you're really confronted with yourself and who you are and what you believe and what you want to say. And that, that's, uh, I'm just, you know, kind of stumbling around the dark right now um, and uh, find that to be the greatest challenge for sure. Interesting. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, could, I could easily just say money, right? Because I've been raising money for like three years. It's been extremely difficult. But it, another thing that's really challenging that I've been struggling with a lot lately is dealing with notes. I'll, I'll share, I'm, I'm really into getting feedback and sharing my work with people and like trying to understand like what, if it's good, or if it's working or not. And I think I've been a little bit too receptive in taking notes. And I was just watching the teaser trailer for my feature uh, over the weekend. And I just was like, what the fuck? Like, why did I do this? Like, I, I basically cut it down to be short, to be like two minutes instead of two and a half minutes. And I was watching it and I'm like, why did I take this shot and make it two seconds long when I had it at five seconds and I miss it being longer? And then why did I take this line out that I like that one person or two people didn't like? Like, this is stupid. Like, if I'm going to make something, it should be what I really want. And I shouldn't worry about what everyone thinks and like it just be okay if not if people think like oh it's better one way or not one way and i could just go against it for sometimes you know and so i think i've just been struggling with like trying to please people with my work and maybe now it's time just to realize if i'm going to make something that's interesting like i need to please myself first and make sure that i love it and then from there I can move on. So I don't know if that's like a challenge or what, but I don't know. That's just something I've been going through over the weekend. All I'm right. I'm just gonna clap for you. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Amelia. Because everything you say is like my heart. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so we, we've gone through the internet, folks. All yeah. right, people in the, the real world, what we got? Yeah, it's definitely writing. I'm, I am I, I say this to everyone, I'm a, I'm a lazy writer. So if I know I'm, I need to sit down and write something, it usually, takes me to go to some coffee spot and sit there with my legal pad or iPad in hand, you know, and start jotting notes down and start writing like I can't I choose not to write straight into the typewriter. Uh, Lord have mercy. I just showed, I just showed <laughs> my age. How old are you? <laughs> I literally just showed my age. Oh, and I was writing. No, so <laughs> laptop. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, I start out writing on a legal pad, you know, because that's that's how the story flows for me. But even to get to that point, I got to like set time aside. I got to go somewhere that's traveling. Then you got to punch through the Internet, you know, before. Oh, yeah. OK, now let's write. So, yeah, you just quit writing and become a documentary filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> All right, Isaac, what do you got? So the hardest thing I think about directing, I've thought about this before, and I'd be interested to get everyone's take on it, is knowing, for me, knowing when to trust your preparation and when to be in the moment and, and go somewhere new. And you can screw it up on both sides. You know what I mean? And, and whether it's fiction, filmmaking, or nonfiction, you know what I mean? It can be like an actor's bringing something new. And it's not what you were sitting around thinking about for months, how this scene yeah. was going to play out. And you can, you could be, no, I have to, I have a vision here and I'm going to stick with that and bring them into what I had in my head. And that could be wrong. The better thing might have been to, to, uh, let some spontaneity happen or you can let the spontaneity happen and that can be wrong. Yeah. Uh, because you're looking at it in the edit going, why did I, why did I get lazy and just roll with the moment right. instead of sticking with what I had planned? Yeah. Uh, and so that is so fraught to me. And that, and it's the same when I'm just anything. Is, yeah. and there's a, whatever the example would be in a documentary. But it's for me, it's like something's happening. And do I try and like work double hard to stick with what I had in mind? Or do I go with it? And when is the right time to do right? Yeah. At some, it's going to be the right time to do. One of them sometimes and the other one sometimes and knowing when that is is right. the hardest part for me. I remember when I made Strange Thing or right before I asked you for advice and that was one of the things you said was like, it's really hard to know when to go with whatever, but you're just going to have to figure that out. And I've always quoted that. I, I think we talked about it on the show before, but uh, yeah, it's a real, it's a real tough thing. So Samia, your last. Oh, yeah. What you got? I think one of the biggest and toughest things for me right now is just like... <laughs> talking oh, into the mic? Oh, <laughs> talking into the mic as a short person, that's... Well, I think it's just, it's just knowing where to put my time and energy and the overwhelming nature of doing this and feeling like I have to run after every opportunity. That's exhausting, yeah. right? Because it's like when you look at the, like the festivals and the labs, like not the festivals, that's for the end results. But when you look for the labs and the residencies and the grants, they are for all sorts of sections, you know? They're episodic labs, they're um, feature labs, they're like short labs. You have all these ideas in your head and you have some scripts already. It's like, which do I apply to? Which one suits me now? Which will best establish my work so I can build on top of that? It's just like, which decisions am I supposed to be making? Which things am I supposed to be making? It's a bit overwhelming and really daunting. Yeah, at the same time, it feels like if you choose one over the other, it feels like, oh, maybe I should have gone for that because I could have gotten it. And, and that's another thing. These applications take like, what, like days on days and uh, days on end to finish. And it's like to really f to really finish one, you have to put a lot of time and energy into it. So it feels like you really do have to make a choice. But if you let others go, 
like what is the what is the risk of letting others go it just feels completely overwhelming yeah that's why i don't do them <laughs> maybe maybe i should maybe that's one of the one of, one of, what would make my life easier as a filmmaker how many people here apply to grants and things and fellowships and all that um you know just around the room i run a fellowship and i see wow how decisions get made and it's really depressing tell us about it <laughs> yes sure it is based off of what I call the inner circle. I mean, a lot of it's nepotism. It's, um, you know, there are films that are just fabulous that kind of sneak on through. Um, but a lot of times I have to fight like hell to even have a film considered that didn't apply to or didn't get accepted into something like Sundance, Tribeca, Cannes, Toronto, you know, these inner circle titles. Um I'm, I always get in trouble for saying this, but it's a very political process and it's frustrating and know that there are people, I think there are people at other fellowships that try to push, you know, these non-inner circle titles through um, and fail as well, just like me. Oh, Yeah. I'm a fool. I keep doing it and keep on getting rejected. And I keep on saying to myself, well, you know, if you don't um, apply, you, you'll never know, you'll never get accepted. But, and I, I do believe that if you apply to these fellowships, um, they do track you and your name gets out there. And I think that's positive. But I think you have to do so without any real sense of hope um, or you'll go crazy. Good advice. Well, that's like the crazy thing about it as well, though. It's just like, to do something with no sense of hope when it's so laborious. <laughs> I think there is like a strength in that. Agree. It's annoying. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I hedge my bets whenever, whenever I've made something, I submit it to festivals that are young festivals or if I know them or if I know that basically if I know my chances are good, just because of the fact that I know that if I send it to anything larger, it's just going to get lost in the sauce. And, you know, maybe that may be a depressing way of looking at it. But I also know that, you know, spending a shit ton of money on entry fees, you know, where that money could be going some somewhere else or I could just throw it online. For me, it's, you know, yeah, I wanted to be seen in a public place, but I also know that. I also want to know what it is I'm actually getting into instead of just submitting blindly. And I totally appreciate you, Liz, for for being brave enough to fight, you know, fight for those projects that are actually good. But, you know, it, it hasn't made it hasn't gone into the inner circle yet. And I think that's that's the big question that we're all asking ourselves as far as like, what's the definition of being a professional? I think the question is, well, how do we get in the inner circle and do we care <laughs> about that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, Colin, do you guys do grants and fellowships and that stuff? I haven't for some time because typically like what I'm making just on my own, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had like a feature film that we're going to shoot in, in a while. So a lot of the, the shorter content stuff, um, I just don't really bother with. So I, I'll definitely do like festivals, but for, for the shorter stuff, but I really go after like small festivals i don't go big anymore i basically just try to get into the smaller festivals and try to try to win there and and that's that's been working um because at the end of the day it's sort of like i've got my own projects but then i've also have all these projects that require a studio behind it or that require 
uh, director, like stuff I'm not going to direct, but I'm writing. Like we're working with, you know, directors right now for a project where we're not going to direct. But anyway, I guess my point is, is that there are different levels to everything I'm, I'm doing. So I've got projects in different buckets. And, you know, as far as making stuff on my own, I guess my strategy for the last few years has just been try to clean up at like smaller festivals and get the and get the accolade, so to speak, so that when producers and people look you up, they could see that I'm like winning awards. So even if it's for these projects that yeah. they're not gonna that aren't for the, the projects I'm making, like one that's coming out soon, I'm not doing it for like mass people or to break in anywhere. It's like it is like a passion amateur project that I like, but it serves a purpose of like producers when they look me up seeing you know, that I'm busy and working because I think that that's like a huge thing. It's also the reason that I write books. It's not really to sell them to people. It's so that producers know that I'm constantly working and putting out and have a lot of ideas. And, you know, the covers I always try to make cool. So they're kind of like, you know, there's a whole package when you get it. So it's like, you know, it gives, even though I'm not always putting out movies, I'm always putting out something and, and like people see that. So that that's my, you know, strategy at, at the moment. It wasn't the question, but... Fair, you know. fair enough. No. So you're not applying to fellowships. Copy that. Um. Sorry. I think that was like a ridiculously <laughs> no, long answer. No, I like... Uh, that was great. Kidding. I think it was a better <laughs> better than the question. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What was it? Since we had everyone else answered, I think I had to love the last two people. So Colin, what do you got? Do you do this stuff? Well, sure. I mean, I, I feel maybe similarly to Andrew, although for me, I think it just comes more from ignorance. Like I, I haven't been very good at tracking what is out there, what opportunities uh, I, I probably should be pursuing um, that, uh, you know, c- could help get projects underway. I've also kind of been in the short film world, you know, more or less. Um, you know, I've been submitting to festivals and that kind of thing. But I think overall, I haven't been very good at asking for permission. I think my philosophy is is you know don't <laughs> like right. I, I don't i just sort of feel like there's you're, you're gonna get a lot of no's you know and um it's it has been i guess i've done a, a little bit of applying um and uh you know it's it just as um samia was saying it's you know it, it can be demoralizing and, and a lot of work um, so I guess I like to put my energy in, in stuff that I know that I could probably get off the ground myself, knowing the resources and the, the collaborators who I have, you know, on, on board or who might be willing to come together and make something work without maybe the backing of a, a bigger entity or, or more money. Nice. Isaac, real quick. Uh, no, I'm not good at applying your stuff. Yeah. You know, and, you're, and you're okay with that. It's not like something that you're like, oh, I wish I did. Well, maybe. Like, I wish I were better at that <laughs> kind of thing and better at time management and whatever. But right. I, I don't really do it. But you don't, like, aspire to be the Sundance Fellowship for this or that or whatever documentary. That, I'm sure they have a documentary thing. I don't know if they do. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, similar to what Colin's saying there is, like, over time, I guess I've probably moved in the direction of, you know what I mean? Like, Just doing it. Right. Yeah. Okay, so... I do feel like it's a good exercise in general as I'm starting to put together 
pitch decks and materials in a, in a more standardized form that I'm only starting to learn about now that I'm in LA and starting to talk to production companies and producers and that kind of thing. And I think just being able to distill what it is that you want to do, clarify that log line and, you know, have a synopsis and have some visual references. It's, you know, it's a good discipline regardless of what you're, um, you know, whether or not it ends up being a fruitful avenue. Um, just at, at the beginning, at the inception of a project, I, I just still, I feel like it's useful. It can be useful from that perspective. Okay, so real quick, last question. I just want to hear about goals from you guys. Like, are you are you goal-oriented at all? Like, do you think about, like, where you want to be as a director in five years or what, you ha- what goals you have as a filmmaker? Or is it more just project-based? Like, I just have the goal of finishing this film. So let's just go around and, you know hear hear about goals from people so i don't know who wants to start isaac Um, (laughs) since you're looking at me (laughs) uh, i think i tried and maybe some of that is like from like giving up on things you know what i mean you like lower the bar of your ambition but (laughs) your goals uh, (laughs) uh, i think i tried to you know do my best and not look for kind of external validation and just my goal is to like create a body of work that I'm proud of and like what I thought that body of work was going to look like 15 years ago is different than what it looks like and is going to continue to look like and like maybe what like being proud of like you feel different ways about different projects at different times yeah but anyway yeah I mean simply I think that's what I would say is my goal is just to continue to create a body of work that I'm proud of nice Samia I'm hungry and I think, oh. like, literally and figuratively. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your goal is to eat lunch. <laughs> My goal is to eat lunch. But I do feel, I feel a hunger. I feel like I have a very specific film in mind. I feel like this film, and that might change as I evolve and things move along. But I feel like I have a very specific film in mind that encompasses everything that I am as an artist and a filmmaker. I feel like it's my magnum opus. And I want to make it. And nice. I know it's going to cost a lot of money. And I feel like everything I do till from now till I make it is so that I can make it. Nice. I love it. Have you written it yet? I just started writing it. Oh, nice. nice. That's a great feeling to like have the project that you know you want to make already in your mind and be working on it. And that's pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited about it, though it scares the shit out of me because it costs a lot of money and it involves a lot of locations and it, it involves a just, lot of research. Just think about how to, you know, shave it down, make it more doable, you know? Like, yeah. well, well, maybe this is going to be an airport scene. Maybe it's not an airport. Maybe it's a bus station, you know? Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, that, that that's what I try to do at least. Um, okay, good, great answer. Awesome. So your goal is make your magnum opus, and you don't have any other goals by, beyond that at the moment. Sure. You know, I would, even though they're kind of stupid and foolish and... <laughs> It's hard to get them. I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel very, like, I feel a lot of feelings about it where it's like, I, I don't need their permission and I don't need the external validation, but it would be really nice. I would like to get some residency or a grant or something to legitimize, like, my situation. Okay, nice. I would really like that in the next year or two. Nice, awesome. To be like, I am an artist. I am validated. I'm making this, this this movie. Yeah, I mean, more so, like, I mean, I don't need the thing to tell me I'm an artist as much as I need the thing so that I can show up. I would love to get an agent at some point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I I would like the thing so I can put my thing in front of other people and, like, 
narcissism, moment of narcissism, I realize <laughs> that I am what I am capable of, but I need the thing to prove to other people that I am capable of what I am capable of. Right. And that's what I'm trying to get in the coming years. So you can not only so that you can make this movie, but so you can continue to make movies and, you know, have a career. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Lately, I've been taking things on a project by project basis. So I am 95% done with this ridiculously short project that Ulrich and I oh, yeah. Yeah, Ugh, have uh, challenged ourselves. Oh, come on. We got it. We got to talk oh, about no. it. Oh, no. So uh, <laughs> the iPhone challenge. So for the listeners, there's going to be a podcast coming out where I actually challenged Ulrich to make a short film on his iPhone and he actually did it. And we talked about, you know, why and why not do it. And I was like, yeah, we should just do it. Come on, let's do it. It'll be fun. So the big challenge for myself was teaching myself visual effects. So I did that. Next project is, ah, I guess I'm kind of announcing this like for the first oh, wow. time. I'm going to say it. Yeah. So I am, you know, guest co-hosting, you know, for making movies. And I am also going to produce my own podcast uh, called LJ Presents. I've already recorded about 10 episodes already. I just need to do introductions. They'll be coming out uh, later uh, this month. Oh, this month? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they're, okay. yeah, they're all done In and April. edited. Wow. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, they're all done and edited. I just have to, you know, do the intros and the outros and just throw them up. So... You know, so those side these side projects are helping to feed my creative soul as well as, uh, you know, making sure I don't go off into a corner and cry trying to, like, figure out why. Why did why didn't I go into visual effects? So, <laughs> so what's the goal, yeah. though? Is it the goal just to release this podcast or do you have like a bigger goal outside of that? The bigger goal with the podcast is to vent my frustration on what I'm seeing in the world. And that is to let everybody know that we have more common interests than we have disagreements. Like that's my overall intent as people, as people, okay. as citizens of this country slash world. Nice. You know, I'm lucky enough to have on the acting side. I've been lucky enough to, uh, have, I'm, I voiced a character from one of your, from one of your listeners on making movies is hard, oh, nice. which is awesome. I uh, got in touch with me via my website, ljeffreymore.com. <laughs> and, and there's, uh, a t- yeah. there's a time for this later, but you can, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> so you're living your life. You're, you're doing things that you like. Yeah. And like, there's no real ultimate goal. It's just like, keep on making projects. Keep on making projects. I do want to get back on a script that, uh, that I've left by the wayside because I've been, busy doing these smaller things but i'll get back to it nice yeah. awesome for me i used to have all kinds of goals just you know like have an agent and imaginer and you know make a feature and have it be successful so you can get funded to make more features and just make feature films for the rest of your life you know like that was like you know the original earlier goal and then now i think it's more like get the alternate made and then um see what's next basically but i think you know Aside from that, it's just like being able to make movies however I can. That's the the main thing. Just to keep on telling stories and, and making films, movies, whatever you want to call them. That's the, the main goal. So it doesn't matter if it's like they're going to get into Sundance or win awards or whatever. But just as long as I can keep making them and... Uh, 
and yeah, and just be a filmmaker, even if it's just a side thing, you know? So that's sort of the main, the overall overarching goal. But more, more importantly, make the damn alternate and get it made and get it out into, out into the world. All right, Colin, what do you got? Uh, I just want to pay my bills with uh, with <laughs> filmmaking as director nice. as possible. There you go. One day. So That's just, in your term. So just have that be your your one job that you do is just a filmmaker and that that's all you do to pay bills. I mean, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Some way. Yeah. Andrew, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, I'd also like to pay my bills just by uh, different creative projects, uh, writing and directing. Uh, I like to have lots of pans and, you know, the fire, so to speak. So maybe one project is with a studio, another one is on my own, and I'm directing one and just writing the other. You know, I just want to live like a creative life uh, in that in that way. Nice. All right, Liz, what about you? What, what are your big goals? Um, I just want to wear people down so they can't ignore me. Um, I, I want to be <laughs> Love it. like my ultimate goal is the, you know, same thing we're all talking about, you know, is like, I want to be in that inner circle. I want one day to have like the LA times or the New York times review a film. I want to be on that goddamn 25, you know, new fresh filmmakers list from filmmaker magazine. That's like my bucket list item is to be on that <laughs> list. Um, yeah, I just want the seal of approval from my peers. Nice. I also want all the things you guys have said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I mean, I feel like for me, like the whole seal of approval and whatever, like I've kind of thrown that out the window. It's just like, I, I would love the whole being able to make movies and have that be what pays my bills. That would be great. Even if it was like, you know, I would be very poor. Like I would still, that would be a great. <laughs> okay. So this is the end of the show, but before we go, I want everyone to give a little like shout out for themselves. Like where can people find your work? Like if there's some project that's coming out that you want people to check out or something that you can, you know, blast or promote, this is the time. So let's go backwards. Liz, uh, where can people find you and what do you have that people should check out? Oh, thank you for picking me first because I have to go breastfeed. Um, <laughs> my, my big thing is um, just email me if anyone wants to ever get in touch. Just LizManichelle at gmail.com or, or Twitter. That was, that was a thing, right? It's like a call to action. Um, my second yeah. feature is on the rounds right now. And um, if you want to hear about it, it's David Bowie related. And um, it involves time travel and Ann Dowd. And I think that's enough of a crumb trail before I go <laughs> feed a baby from my breast. I'm going to go. And then do you have a, a trailer <laughs> for your film, Liz? <laughs> um, it's being edited as we speak. I was going to hold off until distribution, but I got too excited. So we'll have a trailer in a few weeks. Nice. And then, Liz, bef- when, just leave your computer on when you go, because if you turn your computer off, you might lose your audio. So just leave yourself muted and go do what you need to do. But thanks so much. <laughs> for being on the show this is this has been great thank you everyone nice to meet you nice to meet you you. awesome andrew what about you where can people find you what do you have coming out you can see some of my work uh you can watch the age of reason feature film on hulu it's out now yes and i think we'll be out on amazon later this year um you can find my books on amazon uh the third one in the what goes on in the walls at night series will be out in uh the end of may and um you know, my website is andrewjschrader.com. You can poke, out, poke around there and get a free book or uh, email me anytime. I'm always down to talk to people. So um, hit me up. Nice. Awesome. Colin, what about you, sir? Uh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter. 
at Colin Levy. Um, and uh, you can check out uh, uh, a short doc that I made recently, My Grandfather's Memory Book, which was uh, released as an op doc on the New York Times. And um, I have another short uh, sci-fi thing coming out in a few months called Skywatch. So keep, keep your eye out. When's Skywatch coming out, dude? Ah, <laughs> uh, May June. May June. Question mark. Nice. Well, the trailer's yeah. out. I'll I'll make sure people have the trailer on this episode so they can check it out. Thanks. It's extremely <laughs> impressive short film. Um, but yeah, awesome. Uh, Isaac, what do you got, man? Um. Uh, wait. First, uh, I really liked Colin's documentary he just said, so I recommend that one too. Oh, 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 thank you, man. In the New York Times. Uh, Sweet. Appreciate it. That was. I really liked it. Um. What, what do I have coming up? Was it the question? Yeah, well, where can people find oh, you yes. and what do you have so coming I up? Have, uh, <laughs> I have a documentary I made about this singer-songwriter named Fred Eaglesmith. That's on Amazon Prime. If you watch that, I make like eight cents, so that's always good. Um, and uh, I have another one I'm in post-production on that I would really hope will come out sometime. I don't know what that means, come out. But maybe it'll be available online, but maybe I'm going to do festivals. I don't really know. But uh, so I have another documentary and maybe. Uh, but maybe at least a trailer. Yeah, I don't have a trailer for it, but I might just start releasing clips of him doing full songs that I've recorded that haven't made it into the uh, documentary. Nice. But I guess if you follow me on Twitter, my full name, Isaac Pingree, I S A A C P I N G R E E, then I might tweet where these links are. Excellent. All right, Samia, what about you? You can find my web series on the YouTube. Uh, it's called Uneasy the Show. <laughs> the Tube. The YouTube? The Tube. <laughs> um, you could also go to uneasytheshow.com and all of the webs, all the episodes there. So right now I'm writing a show Bible for it because it's a web series and I'm currently working on expanding that into a full show of its own if it's just to go to a network. Nice. Um, and in addition to that, I'm writing that magnum opus. So awesome! And are you on Twitter and all that stuff? Don't follow me on Twitter. I mean, no. do, but I'm a bad Twitterer. I'm on Instagram though, so okay. totes do that. What's what? Are you, who are you on Instagram? How can I'm you? Samia of the Interweb. That's Samia, not like it sounds. Um, it's S A M I A T of the Interweb altogether. Nice, awesome. All right, Jeff. What about you? All right, my man. I am on Instagram, L Jeffrey dot more period more my website ljeffreymore.com i need to do another blog entry so you know it's coming and i already said twitter uh twitter <laughs> at ljeffreymore and uh the matrix also known as facebook uh ljeffreymore and things i got coming up like i said before lj presents which will be coming out really soon nice and uh yeah i'm really excited about that i uh, got a lot of great people that I, that I talked to. Awesome. Yeah. And you can find me, Ulrich B, at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook probably, or maybe just Ulrich Purcell on Facebook. And then should I have a commercial coming out in a week maybe, um, which I'll post onto things. But uh, yeah, I think it's finally Woo! gonna release. I directed it last year. It's a vodka commercial. Um, and so I think it'll be on Instagram and uh, maybe on Twitter too, potentially, and Facebook. But uh, yeah, we're just trying to get the final formats right now. And then, of course, more podcast stuff. MakingMoviesIsHard.com, always and forever. Come check out more episodes. Um, but Jeff, do you want to take us out, man? Hell yeah. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Liz, Isaac, Simeon, 
Alex, Colin, Andrew, for being on the show. So, as always... Uh, Alex wasn't actually on the show. Oh, he wasn't? He bailed. Okay, um, so let's yeah. do that again. No, I and mean, it's hey, fine. You can just... Are we, whatever. Coleman's going to be really sad he's not here, so... You can yeah, just, whatever, Alex, you, you should have been on here. He has a job. And, and Samia. And Samia. I, I can't... Samia. Sim- Samia. Samia, come on, man. <sighs> Jeff. You got it. Thanks yeah. for listening, and thanks to Liz, Isaac, <laughs> Samia... <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Colin. No, Alex. Ah, God, come on. See, this is why we need to do takes. All right. Fine. And you got an actor doing this, so I'm all okay. This is terrible. <laughs> this is why I did not want to do the outro. <laughs> Chaos. Check out our website, makingmoviesishard.com, where you can find links to the things we talked about on this episode. If you want to get in contact with us, send an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com. Or find us on Twitter and Facebook at M-M-I-H Podcast. And please, if you like the show, (laughs) tell a friend. (laughs) Help us get the word out. Leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks to Josh. No, this is a lot. Come on, You should apologize for making (laughs) it. I'm reading all this. Hey, guys, you know what? I had a blast doing this. Yeah. Let's let's give it up for Alric for having oh. 200 episodes of making Woo! movies is hard. Congratulations, oh, bringing us all together, yeah. and yeah, uh, we'll check you out. <laughs> Thank you Laters. guys for being here. Really means a lot. And uh, yeah, thanks to all the listeners for sticking with us for 200 episodes. And this outro was um, not my fault. And this was I should apologize. <laughs> it, it was not written really well. It had old information on there, so that was also my fault. I'll take responsibility. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week for episode 201. Woohoo!